You are listening to the Simple Self-Care Podcast by Naturally Randy Kay, a show dedicated to taking good care through connecting with the natural rhythms of the seasons and your own inner wisdom. I created this podcast to show you that self-care is more than a buzzword and a good intention. It's a vital tool for your healing journey that can fit beautifully into your everyday life. Join me as we explore the nature within and remind ourselves that we are our wisest healer. This month, the month of May, is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I wanted to do something special on the podcast to honor that because mental health is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. My journey with dealing with depression ever since my teens was the catalyst of my personal healing journey, and it's why I have anything to say on the matter in regards to self-care, because honestly, my self-care practices are what saved my life and has helped me have a healthy relationship with my mental health issues even now. And also with my profession being a holistic health practitioner and body worker, I see mental health on a very real level with the physical body. And I hear people's stories and so many of us are are dealing with it. In fact, there's a statistic by the Anxiety and Depression Association of America that says nearly 450 million people worldwide are currently living with a mental illness, yet nearly two-thirds of people with a known mental illness never seek treatment. That's a lot, and there's a lot of really great help out there. And so I like talking about it. I like sharing my story, and I think it's really important I've had a number of friends let it destroy them, and it doesn't have to be that way. So here we are in Mental Health Awareness Month talking about it. If you want to hear more about my journey and my take on how to treat it or how to help your loved ones treat it, I did a two-part podcast episode about it a while back. I'll have a link in the show notes at my website naturallyrandyk.com slash podcast. That's naturally R-A-N-D-I-K-A-Y slash podcast. Or you can scroll down wherever you're listening, if it's on an app or something, to episode 29 and 30. I think you'll get a lot out of it. But for this episode, I am happy to have on my friend, Rinda Laurel, who has not only overcome serious addiction and clinical depression, but now she teaches others how to do the same. And she even started her own supplement company called Very Everyday, V-R-Y Everyday. And she's got these wonderful blends filled with the powerful ingredients that helped her heal. Brenda is a relatively new friend. We met while I was presenting at a conference, Alt Summit, in Palm Springs recently, and we got to talking, we hit it off, and she invited me to come to her home in Joshua Tree because it's one of my favorite places on the planet, so she let me just show up, and it was wonderful, and luckily that went well, but it was there where 
um, we got to talking more and I learned more about her journey and her magical supplements. And both are very impressive. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. So take a listen as we chat about taking the shame out of mental health and addiction, how to stand up for your own healing path, how to focus on the positive instead of what you lack and the negative things about your situation, how to find community while making big changes and so much more. Oh, and tune in to the end of this episode where I'll have a special discount code for the various supplements and also my one-on-one self-care mentoring program. And P.S. This is not sponsored by Viri at all. I just want to share the love. It's it's that good. Okay, on to the conversation. Oh, we'll just jump right in. Uh, yep. My name is Laurel, and uh, I consider myself a catalyst and a strategist. Um, I'm an entrepreneur and a speaker. Um, I have, I don't know, 30 years in the entertainment lifestyle music business. Um, I've done multiple jobs in that industry um, across digital and management and marketing. And and um, while I was doing that, I um, also was on my own health journey and, uh, you know, went, uh, got into recovery and dealt with depression. And so it's sort of accumulated at this point where I still do work with artists and lifestyle brands and stuff, but I, I launched my own company um, of supplements for mental health. But I also am a speaker and, and go out and talk about mental health and recovery and nutrition and the biochemical aspects a lot of wellness. And uh, a couple of years ago, I moved out to Joshua Tree just to expand my wellness being. Uh, but I you know, lived in LA, New York, and Paris, and then Joshua Tree. I've had the pleasure of staying at your Joshua Tree abode. And it was probably my favorite part of my whole trip, to be honest. It was <laughs> more fun than the conference we met at. But um, yeah, so that was a delightful treat. It was, it was wonderful to be able to, you know, it's, it's great to be able to um, have like-minded people come to my home. And, you know, one of the things of living in Joshua Tree is it, it does change your mental health. I mean, your surroundings, it, it, you know, I mean, it gets a little hot here in a couple of months. I'll be wanting to get out of here, but um, it's, you know, it's such a beautiful, calming place. And you now at one point in my life, I just chose, I decided, well, do I want to live in chaos and go into the calm for, to escape? Or do I want to live in the calm and then go into these different places when I, when I want to feel the excitement, you know, cities can be great and exciting too, but I, I, I needed to have some refuge. So for sure. So maybe we'll work our way up to that decision of you moving out to Joshua tree and switching gears, but how long have you say, would you say you've been dealing with your own mental health journey? Well, I mean, in retrospect, you know, you look at like how you handle things as a teenager or early adulthood. Um, I can see sort of inklings of like stuff that I thought were somewhat normal, how you adjust to things and um, normal childhood or normal. But but anyway, you know, in my in my early 20s, I I. I, I became addicted to drugs very badly. I was working in the music industry very early and it was a, it was a way to sort of 
you thought it was sort of normal because everyone around you was drinking and using drugs. And so it was like, yeah, I'm a rock and roll chick. Of course I drink and use drugs. Mm-hmm. I use Guns and Roses. What do you expect? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I'm sorry, I just dropped a name. That sounds so stupid. But, you know, like, I mean, That's cool. <laughs> we just did, you know, I worked on the Sunset Strip. We I had crazy times and then I got a I got a job at a record company really early. Like my you know, career background is like, if I step outside of myself, it's just my life. But if I step outside of myself, it's pretty exciting and cool. And, you know, I'm super grateful. But anyway, you you don't feel like you've got a mental health issue when all that stuff's going around on you. You feel sort of like, it's exciting. You're young. It's like, I work in the music industry and like all these things are happening. But, you know, I drank a lot and I, I did a lot of drugs and I, I um, came to a point um, at just after my 24th birthday, where I was, you know, I was using drugs on a daily basis. I, I was an, I was a heroin addict, you know, at 24 in the early nineties. And, um, and you know, you can't fool yourself when you're doing that. So after a while, um, shortly after my 24th birthday, I hit a, a bottom and I checked myself into detox and that really started the, like the change and the recovery um, and then once you strip away the addiction issues, which were just sort of self-medicating anyway, then you ha- then two things have happened. You've probably altered your biochemistry, so then you're depressed anyway because you've been you know drinking and drugging, so that's like changed things. But also you may have had some issues in the first place that were causing you to self-medicate. And you know, there's a lot of things out there that I looked at that that address these things from a you know, psychosocial aspect, you know, like trauma or therapy or, you know, all these things. But there's also these biochemical aspects that that I looked at. Anyway, so once I peeled back the layers of addiction and got sort of a steady handle on that, then I realized that I still suffered from depression. Hmm. Um, And that was another, a whole other long journey where, where, you know, I went on on and off medications and, you know, tried a hundred different modalities to try and feel better, whether it was, you know, across the board, tons of different modalities. Um, And then, you know, finally decided to go on medication. And then from the moment I went on, tried to struggle with the right one and how to get, then then ultimately how to get off the medication, which I did um, three years ago. And actually... Once I got off the medication, I actually got, I actually got better. I actually healed better without the medication for me. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that decision to really just going on it and treating it that way um, was helpful for a little while? So Yes, I do. But I wasn't, I, I, I absolutely do. I mean, look, medica- you know, I'm not an anti-medication person, but I do think that we're over-prescribed. And I, I do think that had I known even a quarter of what I know now about how to deal with some of those biochemical issues in a natural way, I might not have done that. I might have tried something else first and then not dealt with all the other side effects from the medication. Mm-hmm. So at the time, under those circumstances, you know, uh, again, Kurt Cobain had just shot himself. I woke up and that happened and these doctors had wanted me to be on medication for a while. And I 
So I was like, no. And then I woke up and that happened. And I thought, well, why does, you know, why should I live life feeling miserable? I'm going to do medication. I'll do medication. And, and so, yes, it, it helped me. I think it saved my life. If I knew what I know now, and that's one of the reasons why I'm out there trying to educate people that if you're not, so, you know, if, if, if you're not at a point where it's life threatening and you can try these other modalities first where like, you know, food supplements and exercise, and then like, then if it, nothing's working, then look at the medication. It's just a, it's a, to me, if it's not life threatening, it's a, it's a, it's a better path because you have less side effects and then you're not, you know, reliant on a, a mood altering substance that frankly breaks, you know, doesn't function. Not all medications are there to improve your overall well-being and health. They do, they do a specific thing. So um, they can actually be like, for example, ser- you know, antidepressants work on, blocking the serotonin reuptake in your brain, but ultimately that can rebound and cause you not to create as much serotonin. So then you're mm-hmm. dependent on this medication. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's all good. I, I can't help but compare it to my own experience with medication where, you know, I was diagnosed with depression in my teens and there was even less as I'm sure when you were going through it, there there weren't a lot of holistic options or even a holistic way of looking at depression. It was like medication is medication and therapy. Those are your only options. Good luck, you know? And, and I, I had a love hate relationship with medication for so long. And it wasn't until I decided that I wasn't going to just, you know, nonchalantly go about it or like foolishly go about it. It was like, you know what? No, I'm going to try this medication seriously and let go of all this judgment of what it means about myself. And I used that as like a stabilizer. So, and then I dug into my deep work and I did all these other modalities and nutrition and stuff. And like you said, like it definitely was um, a lifesaver at the time. Um, and I have gone back on it off and on, but it's now I use it as a, like a tiny slice of the pie when I need it. And, but I'm still doing all of the other work, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing is, it's like, we, it's really easy for us to, for, you know, it, there's no one solution. So it's, it, I like that your piece slice of the pie, you mm-hmm. know, for me, I use pieces of the puzzle and it's like, you know, one medication, yes, it's going to help you, but you still got to do this other stuff to figure out, you know, what it, it what's going on. And you still got to do other, other work or, or explore. I don't, I don't always like to call it work because it, then it just mm-hmm. sounds like daunting and you're like exhausted <laughs> from even about all the work you have to do to make yourself feel better and mm-hmm. it makes you feel worse. So it's just like self-perpetuating cycle, you know, but I also know that people that there are some medications that people have taken or they're doing the work and they're on medication and they still don't feel a hundred percent and it might mm-hmm. be some biochemical things that no doctor ever looked at. They could have, you know, low vitamin D issues. They could have um, there's this sort of newer um, 
newer research on the methylation pathways in your body. Mm-hmm. And some people have, you know, altered methylation pathways and they don't assimilate folic acid correctly. So they actually are more prone to depression. And there's a test for that now. And you can take methylated B vitamins and it helps. And like, I know people that take methylated B plus my supplements, plus all their, you know, um, mental health work, plus the connection, and then they're doing better. Mm-hmm. It's like finding what that piece of the puzzle is for you, for each individual. If I start thinking of it as work, I get overwhelmed and exhausted and just mm-hmm. want to go into my room and go to sleep. But if I start looking at it as like more, okay, what is it? Let's figure this out. What, you know, mm-hmm. more of a growth factor, then I feel a little bit better about everything. I'm less apt to mm-hmm. hide away from it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think it is taking away that self-judgment of your current mental health because it can creep on in and just become a part of how you think about yourself and your situation. And we think it's this personality flaw or we're not doing something right when there are so many factors that contribute to why we're off or why um this whatever dysfunction is happening in our body is manifesting as depression or anxiety or something and learning all of this stuff and all of all of the factors is kind of overwhelming but at the same time it kind of takes the pressure off of you feeling like it's your fault something's wrong with you yeah yeah i mean it's it's interesting because there should, you know, there shouldn't be shame in these things. And there's so much shame involved in like mental health and addiction. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, you feel like you're not normal and you should just be able to snap out of it. That was my finger snapping. Yeah, got it. <laughs> for those of you at home, um, you should be able to just like snap out of it. You know, from years, it was always like, why can't I just be like, I do, I do know a handful of people that are just, you know, they just, they, they, they're, super well adjusted and they can snap out of things and you're just like how do you do that mm-hmm. so it makes me feel you know like why can't I just snap out of it and <laughs> you know and and I also don't like the diagnosis of like I don't want to do, go too deep into my diagnosis either like you know people like I'm de- I'm a depressive I'm an addict mm-hmm. I'm a uh, you know like I don't even say I'm I'm an addict anymore. I really say, you know, or I'm an alcoholic. I, I basically say I'm in recovery. Mm. That's the truth. That's the truth. Especially for me, I'm 26 years of recovery at this point from wow. alcohol and drug addiction and four years in reco- in full remission from depression. Do I still get depressed every once in a while? Yes. But you mm-hmm. know, not chronically like I did. So. Yeah. That's, it's an interesting point because my husband and I were just talking last night and we both have kind of gotten in a funk like after this winter, um, especially up here in North Dakota where it was just (laughs) rough. And, um, and we were sharing how we want to go about getting about getting through it and, and getting healthier habits. And it is interesting because one personality you know, people have different personalities and different ways of being able to get through things, but like his ability, because we have a different body chemistry and my, like it, like I think about when I'm having a really bad day, 
I think about cooking dinner and that seems like the biggest task in the entire world. It's like, how can I possibly cook myself dinner right now and a healthy dinner? Like how, but he'll be like, let's just do it together. Like I'm just being lazy. So I'm going to cook dinner. And to me, I'm like, I am devastated. I cannot cook. You know, it's like the same task. That sounds like low dopamine tone. Well, and I, I have been taking your, um, dopamine supplements and they do help me, but I, I noticed that my, they work better when I'm at a healthier baseline. Right, right. You know, um, works together. Yeah. And it's, um, but that's the thing is like comparing, if I compared myself to him on a very superficial level, it'd be really easy for me to have that self judgment and that negative self talk. Why can't I just be like how he is? And it's so easy for him and da, 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 instead of really honoring where I'm at. And I think with, when you are, when you do have a predisposition to depression or anxiety or whatever it's causing it, wherever you're at with it, it it's just a different experience and it's not going to look like a lot of people that you're around. It's, it's very true. And, you know, there, it's not a moral failing. It's different for, for different people. We can't compare ourselves. Um, one of the things besides all the biochemical things that helped me a lot is um, I read a lot of books on cognitive therapy and cognitive thinking mm-hmm. and sort of how to, I call it talking back to the howlers is, I mean, if you, it's a, it's a funny X-Files reference because there was an <laughs> X-Files episode where like, it's really dark and messed up and it messed me anyway. These women see howlers mm-hmm. And I call it talking back to the howlers because you get that like, why shouldn't I? Or that, you mm. know, people call it lots of different things. But that that, that like head that says, um, you know, I'm not good enough or why shouldn't I be just like that or all of those, that thing. Um, so I, to talk back to, to really talk back to myself, like a, um, really healthy cognitive self-talk and and Mm -hmm. I learned some of that from you know reading about cognitive therapy and like all or nothing thinking um you know what's the worst that can happen and like really talking back to myself on a daily basis when my when those howlers jump in and and you know is has been also Mm life-changing you know yeah and did you find that the that's just taken practice to get better at doing. Yeah. It's just, it's recognizing, Oh, that's actually not reality. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. Um, and then, and, and then going, uh, let's, let's talk this through. Let's, you know, let's look at the steps of this. Is this reality, you know, or like the dinner thing. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, well that's just the way he does it. He's just different person than I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but really just talking back to myself and being like, you know, like to, to just the last 48 hours, I've, you know, I've, I've been suffering from allergies and a cold and I, there's all this stuff I need to get done. And I'm like, you know, I should get all this stuff done. I should, should, should. And then I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to back up and be okay and be calm with yourself and talk back to yourself and be your own nurturer too. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. Yes. So tell me more about what you mentioned uh, with the dopamine thing. 
like what my verbiage sounded like a dopamine something. Tell me more about that. Okay. So, well, I I just want to preface this with, you know, anyone that's listening that I'm not a doctor, but I'm completely self-taught in natural, you know, I'm a certified nutrition recovery coach and I've investigated, you know, hundreds of hours, probably more than most medical doctors on this portion of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have to preface it with, I'm not a doctor. And so my, my verbiage is, you know, not doctor verbiage. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's four main, um, neurotransmitter pathways that uh, affect mood in your body. There's other things that affect mood, but the neurotransmitters that affect mood, um, and they differ in their manifestations. If you're low in, if you're low in the neurotransmitter or your, um, receptors along the pathway of those aren't um, grabbing the d- the dopamine or the serotonin correctly. Um, and each one is sort of different. So the, there's three that I sort of focus on the most are serotonin, which we've heard a lot about. That one is um, what most SSRI antidepressants work on. That's the feel happy neurotransmitter. And it's manufactured in your gut and in your body. And it, it works to make you feel happy, quote-unquote quote, happy, um, the feel-good neurotransmitter. Dopamine is one that's sort of left out because people don't know about it. It's the dopamine pathway is the pleasure-reward center pathway. And people with low dopamine, uh, either physical dopamine in their body or their receptors don't attach enough to dopamine. And I think that's called low dopamine tone. Um, have a harder time with the zest and the pleasure. And so they're more of an apathetic depression. Mm. So they want to sort of crawl under the covers or not deal with people or, you know, sort of just shut it down more. And, you know, and, and for example, when I went on medication, finally, I went on a medication that worked on the, the norepinephrine and the dopamine and my life changed. I was like, mm. oh, what is this? This is how it's supposed to feel, you know, and that, that was Wellbutrin. And then after a while, Wellbutrin didn't work. And then I found stuff that helped with the dope. I figured out what that was, that why it was working for a while is the dopamine. I mean, then the other one for anxiety is GABA, and that one's more of an inhibitory. It's like people that are too excited, their GABA receptors and and the GABA, it more works on the GABA, so you want to, like, calming. Um, What the perfect thing is to have all three of those things sort of balanced, you know, along with all the hormones and all of the other stuff that's going on in your biochemistry. But the perfect thing is to have your serotonin, your dopamine, and your GABA sort of balanced so you feel alive, happy, and serene at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that- interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. I I definitely relate to the dopamine one. I, uh, yeah. While you're thinking about that, you know, a, that's the thing is you go to a lot of medical doctors, and they're a little bit more savvy now, but not much. So they really just want to put you on an SSRI, which is the serotonin uptake, and they're not addressing the dopamine at all um and that's you know so they can put you on an snri which is serotonin and norepinephrine uptake but again all of the uptake inhibitor drugs that they give you stop the functioning of your brain 
they stop the uptake of the chemical, they don't actually make more chemical, make more of the dopamine or the serotonin. So on my end, what my education, what I'm trying to educate people through my talk, talking and also through, you know, the supplements is how do you actually support that pathway and make more, not just cut it off with the medication? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that explains more why... I, I really hit a plateau with my depression I was, I was doing the medication. I was going, I found a great therapist who refused to diagnose me with a label, which was like we said before, like probably one of the best things he could have done because I was waiting for what kind of depression I have. So I could go home and research it and then like become that person, you know? Um, so I was great. I was grateful for, for that therapist. So it was good, but I didn't really start to make real progress until I changed my diet and started getting into holistic health. And, um, and so, I mean, that just makes so much sense as to why that's such a necessary step, because if we don't have a healthy gut and healthy systems, like nothing's getting communicated properly or spread throughout the body in a healing way. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, especially in the recovery community, my goodness, you're like, you know, my joke is, I know you just stopped shooting heroin in your neck and I'm telling you not to eat sugar, but you know what? You just stopped shooting heroin in your neck. Why do you need sugar? You know, (laughs) just get it all over with. (laughs) But you know, yeah, I mean, our bodies are resilient. And, you know, they're not that fragile in terms of like, you know, they can heal. Um, But they're, even if you don't have addiction issues or major depression issues, and you, if you don't eat right, you can get depressed. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not putting the right fuel into your systems, your hormones get, you know, there's these different systems within your body and you're, they get off. And so that it's good that your therapist didn't diagnose you either, because I really think, you know, am I more prone to depression? Yes. Do, you know, did I have clinical depression? I did, but like, I'm not, I don't think you have to live with that label forever, but food and what we're feeding our body with so that we can actually function is vital. And, mm-hmm. and people don't really look at that. Protein is vital, good quality protein. And, and you can do, you can be a vegan and still have good quality protein, but it's vital for your mental health. Vital. Yeah. It's so like I was saying with your your dopamine products, like I I really love taking those, but I can tell a huge difference on when I'm having a healthy lifestyle and I take them. And it's it's just like that, yeah, let's do it. And then when I'm having like if I just had a bunch of cookies or whatever. Well, it's like it it helps. Yeah, it helps me, but it's definitely it. And I think it's it's so important to recognize that that's how they work. Because so many people say, well, I, I tried that supplement and it didn't work. But they're eating cheeseburgers and taking herbal supplements. Like it, it can't work that way, you know? Well, if it's an all grass-fed cheeseburger. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's it a- might not be horrible for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're supplements. They're supplements. It's supplement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not fix I meant they're not yeah. you know answer everything answer you know yeah they're but just... they can definitely be that 
that missing piece. And I, I've been studying more herbal medicine and applying that to my practice. And it does take a different mindset to have holistic um, and herbal supplements and natural supplements of any form uh, work for you. It's not like you just pop a pill and you're done. It's, it's, it has to be working at, at a systemic process, addressing so many different things as a whole. Yeah. And again, you know, you don't have to be super overwhelmed with it. Like there's some, it, you can, you can get in detail as with all of it as much as you want, but mm-hmm. it's really simple. It's like, look, you know, a handful of things you need, you need to eat right. You need to have like proper protein and all the, you know, good rainbow colored foods to make sure that your body systems are working. You need to have some, you know, you need to make sure your functional, like all your systems are working within your body. Um, sometimes if you're not at full capacity, functional medicine coach, you know, doctors will do tests and stuff for you. Um, you have to have connection with other humans out there. Mm-hmm. That's important. And then you also have to sort of have some, some sort of like the self-examination stuff, which is the cognitive therapy or the therapist or the, you know, whatever that, where you're taking a look at yourself and all of those and exercise. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you, you add um, some mindfulness meditation in there and that's what you need. And, and, and like, then that that's actually pretty simple. It sounds like a lot, but it's actually yeah, kind of simple. Um, we just get overwhelmed and there's so many possibilities and, then we beat ourselves up if we're not doing everything perfectly. And it's just, it's, you know, the snowball effect. Yeah. I was just working with one of my self-care mentoring clients yesterday. And we were talking about this very thing where at the end of our call, she was surprised at how simple, like what she needed to do for self-care actually was because in our minds, it's like, this extreme program. And if you're going to change your diet, you have to do a specific diet in this intense way and do this huge cleanse. And like, it's like, no, if it sounds overwhelming, especially if you are in a depressive or anxiety funk, like doing something like that, maybe, maybe for some people that works, but it's like that that's like going from zero to 100. Like it's really just being like, what are you currently doing? And how can you make these little tweaks that just bring health to that area? And so for me with food and exercise, like I'm, I'm doing some stuff to heal my own body right now. And I, I signed up for this like 90 day shred hit workout thing. And I, I bought it in like an emotional moment and luckily it wasn't very much money, but I, I, the next day I just was like, Oh, sweet Randy, you're not ready for that. Like you, that's not right for you right now. And it's, why don't I just start taking my dog for a walk every day? And then it's like doing what you can do right now in all these little areas, trusting that that's enough and then letting it evolve from there. And so even like with food and diet, it's like, you don't need to do some huge cleanse. It's like, why don't you just start cooking at home when maybe you eat out a lot? You know what I mean? So it's like, how can we really simplify it? 
we're talking about food too. Like there's so many different things now. It's like, you've got your paleo and your ketitarian and your vegan, you know, Oh, uh, ketitarian is kind of what I do. But anyway, you've got like all these different options out there too. And like everything you read, like one minute, the doctor, you know, gluten is bad for you. And, and no greens and no food. And it's like, what are you supposed to eat? Oh, now kale's bad for you. Like, <laughs> right. so, I mean, keeping that really simple too and trying to be balanced and not overwhelming yourself or too strict anywhere is also something for, for someone who struggles with mental, you know, depression, anxiety, um, any kind of mental health issues like keeping it as simple as possible and just making sure you're consuming if you go too much on any of those either on any of those extreme diets with mental health you're playing with fire because if you go with you need carbs in order to have to produce all the serotonin and the dopamine and everything you need some carbs you need protein so like you can't you can't go to some of these extremes including like the fasting and the detox diets and all of that anything that's like extreme when you're dealing with mental health, I'm sorry, but you're going to put yourself in a bad place because you're not feeding yourself correctly. Mm-hmm. So you have to be more balanced when it comes to mental health nutrition. Yeah. I love that point. And I, earlier you said, I just nourish myself. And I think that word, you know, it, it that word actually really helps me because I think about okay, what can I do to nourish myself? What's a nourishing meal? Not a comfort food meal. Cause that could mean like a ton of mac and cheese. That's going to make me feel gross afterwards, but it's like, how can I really bring in some nourishing activities that help me feel healthy instead of deprived or, um, like I'm not enough and I'm not doing enough. And I think that's, oh, that's just such a that's such good advice and such a good reminder to not counter your extreme mood with an extreme counter something, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially with the food stuff or, or you know, exercising, you know, I'm going to do that and then you, you don't. But especially with the food stuff, if you're not trying like just, you know, almost visualize, if you're depressed, you're almost visualizing like, you know, what you're eating is like soothing that you know, that, that depressive brain, you have to nourish it. You have to, a lot of our, our a lot of our bodies are starving because mm. we're not nourishing it. Correct. And we're not nourishing them correctly because we're doing these extreme, you know, a lot of people that I know they're like doing extreme dieting. I don't even mean dieting, but just extreme ways of eating. Cause it's this, you know, vegan paleo, like whole food, like all of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Not that I don't think you should be cognizant of like sugar and gluten and some stuff like that, but. I think it's just honoring where you're actually at and if it's the right time in your life for something like that. Because I do know people that um, have other health issues going on. And so when they do switch to a healthier extreme diet, it can be really healing. But like you said, if it's a mental health thing and you're really in the thick of it, it's not going to be the right time for something like that. No, uh-uh, not at all. I mean, it's really the bal- It's really about balancing. It's really about balancing. You know, balancing your body system, balancing. You know, balancing and nourishing, and being gentle with yourself on all levels. You know, and then, you know, again, supplementing with 
additional, you know, natural things that can help your biochemistry can support your biochemistry. So you mentioned that if you knew what you knew now, back when you were at rock bottom, it would be different and you might've taken a different approach. What can you summarize some of those key things that you wish you would have known back then? Well, basically everything we've just been talking about. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. No, but I mean, in, in, in like the hardcore detail and the reason like that I launched the Barry, which is the company with the supplements. And the reason I talk about this more is again, you know, everybody focuses on medication and therapy. And, you know, I learned about these detailed biochemical processes that were not being supported naturally. So if I knew about all the natural solutions that were out there, I would have tried that first. Um, and that's why, I mean, you know, again, I, I'm, you can, the, the formulas that I created with Very Every Day, which is my supplement company, I created with mental health in mind. So because I was out there searching for natural solutions and sort of alternatives to some of these medications and, and they're out there. Some of the formulas are out there in different, you know, I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but I put them all in these specific formulas to help people with those specific things. Um, and had I known that, that, that even these natural solutions were available, I might've tried those first. That's all. Like I, you know, I would have tried Dopamine and Pink Cloud, which are my supplements, before I went on Prozac and Wellbutrin. And see, you know, it might not have it might not have worked as well at that state because I also didn't, you know, again, we were talking about the diet and the exercise and the cognitive therapy, you know, or cognitive self-talk. Mm-hmm. If I if I if I knew that that those were the keys, mm. I might have tried that first Mm -hmm. Um, but you know I mean it's all part of the journey yeah you know I I got to a point where medication didn't work anymore I was still suffering from depression I was going through hormonal changes and I went and was house sitting out in Joshua Tree and just and and had done enough research that I felt safe enough to try and get off all my medication and I worked with a dog um kind of worked with the doctor. I basically told the doctor I was going to do it and then worked, you know, discussed it with some friends of mine so they could keep an eye on me and got off medication. And honestly, it was, I, I was less depressed and, and dealing with less um, stress and all of that once I got off medication. Mm-hmm. And so when did you decide to move out of LA and embrace a, a different pace of life? Um, about a year after that happened, I was out here, uh, out in Joshua Tree house sitting. Like I said, I was out here for six weeks and I, and I did the, the, went off the medication and then I started doing yoga out here and, you know, there's a farmer's market every week and, and just started doing that. And then I, I was living in LA still, but I, every time I'd go back to LA, I'd be like, I want to go back to Joshua Tree. <laughs> and so I spent like the next year sort of driving out here every week or every weekend or I'm sorry, every month I couldn't go every weekend. Um, and also, you know, things in LA, the, they started doing a lot of construction in, in the Hollywood area where I lived. And, you know, it was like 
it was getting more and more traffic and, and crazy. And so about a year later, I moved out here. So that was uh, September of 2016. Um, I, I finally just sort of chose to, to just take the plunge and move, move out to Joshua Tree. And, um, you know, I have a built-in set of friends out here and that great community. And, you know, there's a lot of artistic, great people out here. Um, and then because of where I am, I also get a lot of visitors all the time and friends always come and visit. So it's a really great balance. And then I can drive into LA really easily and travel. And, uh, but about six months after I moved here, I was at an event with a friend of mine in the desert and I had mentioned to him this idea of um, my supplements and, um, and really wanting to help people um, know that there were these natural solutions that were out there. And um, he was like, well, let's take a look at your business plan. And, mm-hmm. and so six months after that, I launched Barry. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome the evolution. I don't think one would have happened without the other, you know, just ending, ending up out in her house sitting was this like snowball into the, into the brand itself. Yeah. I think that's one of the most rewarding things, um, about working through, I mean, any kind of struggle, but especially with mental health is that it puts you in a space to directly be able to hold space for the next person in your, in your life or who crossed your path that is dealing with the same thing. Like I've just, I mean, I've structured my business off of <laughs> directly being able to apply what I learn. You know, I go through something and then everybody in my community gets to learn about it <laughs> and it's, you know, it, it gives purpose to it. But I think that that's definitely helped me when I'm in my, my lowest times as I think about when I get when I get through this, I'm going to be able to help somebody else get through this, like the people that helped me get through this. And it, I feel like it's this beautiful passing along or the, or a community builder to be able to work through it and, and get help so you can directly pass it on, you know? Yeah, and in, and you know, my mission is really to help pass it on in a in a in a way where I'm saying like, hey, they didn't tell us about this. Like, you know, I you, I bet you didn't even know this existed. Like, I bet you didn't even know that there are these alternative ideas and and this holistic way to look at depression and anxiety that include nutrition and supplements. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and nourishing and and like. That's my bigger mission is to, is with that is is helping you know relating to people and understanding. But for me, the solution there's so many solutions out there you know that we've talked about. I mean, um, facets of of how to feel better. But for me, I really wish someone had told me about the biochemical aspects. And so now I'm like, well, now I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my mission is to like, okay, well, I'm telling you, it it works for so many people that. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. I, I don't work one-on-one with clients um, like you do, which I, I I I love. I honor that there are a lot of people that do that, and I like to talk with people that do, so that they can also help spread this the same message of like, mm-hmm. well, the bio, you know, some of the biochemical aspects. But so me getting through it is more like 
wanting to then share like this is how I got through it and mm-hmm. God, if they'd only told me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you do now to maintain your mental health with, I mean, it, it sounds like being in recovery and remission, how do you manage your mental health now, given all that you've been through and and doing everything you can to make sure that you stay healthy? Well, I mean, you know, I got my mental health together and then my hormones started changing. So that's another thing. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and men and women have to look at their hormones too, even when they're younger. But um, I would say I, uh, it's accumulation of everything that we've talked about and everything that I've learned in the last 26 years on it. So for a daily basis, like simple you know, waking up in the morning, making sure that I do a protein drink first thing in the morning because I know my body needs protein. So I do it. And then I just found, a, um, added a probiotic to like help with gut health. Um, I just found, finally found a good one that I think um, that I like. Anyway, um, I do take my supplements, um, both the dopamine and the pink cloud. The pink cloud, which works on the serotonin, has also been helping more hormone changes. I try and exercise, you know, I've just started booty yoga out here, which is really fun, like something different because you get bored with certain exercises. I try and take, you know, nice walk out my backyard, which you've been on. So you know Mm -hmm. that that's a joyous um, thing to do. Yes. I, again, I do, I I try and eat correctly as, as, you know, try and not grab that bag of Doritos that I want every once in a while because I know I'll feel really bad afterwards. Um, and I do a lot of cognitive self-talk. I really do. Especially, you know, I, I personally am in an isolated situation. I'm in Joshua Tree. You know, um, I choose to choose to work. I work at home. So I'm not, it's not like I'm around a lot of people all the time. So I have to make sure and not isolate. So go to the, you know, go to the gym or go to the yoga studio or, you know, there's lots of events out here. So you, you've got to make sure, I've got to make sure and keep those connections with people not just online, like, oh, I saw you on Instagram, you know, but really like going out and like keeping those connections with people is vital to my mental health, vital. But if I'm not doing the nutrition and the supplements, I don't want to interact with people. That's the key. I want to just stay home and not do anything. So I have to sort of maintain that nutrition. Um, that nutrition is is really a, was was a game changer for me game changer mm-hmm. out of everything i did mm. what advice would you give somebody who was maybe in a similar situation maybe they're not in the music industry but they have a friend group where that kind of behavior is normal and even applauded you know to just to you know to abuse um, certain substances, or that's just the norm to be uh, a hot mess all the time. You know, like how do you have any advice for somebody that's feeling like they need to break away from that, but they don't necessarily have the support system to do so? Just do it. <laughs> Here's the thing: I have a hard time with that because I, I mean, I know a lot of people struggled. I know people now that struggle. There, there's a great online community. There's um, for people. That are a little bit more self less. I guess I just have. I I was I was a 
I was in a life or death situation when I chose to get sober. And I still did A&R, which was artist and repertoire talent scouting for the first 15 years of my sobriety, which means I was in clubs every night, not drinking. And for me, it's just a matter of, I don't have to be like everybody else. Like, I don't have to be like, I don't have to be a hot, I can still be a hot mess and not drink actually. <laughs> True. You know? I mean, my more concern is like the mommy wine blogger thingy, like mommy wine, mommy needs wine. Like that whole movement is so lame too. But there, you know, there's a lot of online resources and there's a lot of people talking about sober curious. And I always make sort of joke about the sober curious crowd. And, but I mean, you could follow um, on Instagram, follow We Are Sober. She's really, really, really good at um, giving that kind of advice. Uh, for me, I was just like, what? I just don't do it. Like, I, I don't, maybe I'm just, you know, a rebel in the other way. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I can still, like, I, I have a joke that, like, my friend, we went to this club one night, and my one of my dear friends was like, I don't know how you're here. And and, and like having a good time and, and I still felt like anxious and uncomfortable and whatever, but I just was in my own skin and I just dealt with it. And I'm like, I don't know. I could still have as much fun as the girl next door. And she was like, what? So, um, I don't know. Here's the thing. If you're going into those situations, um, you got to have some strength, maybe take someone with you. If you're, go if you're going to events, you know, where you're feeling uncomfortable Maybe take someone with you, have one other confidant. If you're going to a conference, for example, like where we met, you know, have one other person that you can feel if you're feeling uncomfortable. But eating properly, um, I, again, I do L-glutamine under my tongue before I go into social situations because it gives me energy and it gives me, um, balances my energy levels. So if my blood sugar drops, then I get more sort of anxious. I don't know. That was sort of a rambling answer. You can cut that whole thing if no, you want. No, I like it because it's very it's very honest. I think, it, I mean, it's tricky no matter your situation, but I think there comes a time where you just have to choose something else and you can't focus on what everyone else is doing. You make a call about your own health, you know? Yeah, choose yourself. Like, you know, part of the biggest thing, part of the biggest, you know, building your own self-confidence without – being arrogant is vital. You know, that's one of the things I learned in 12 step programs is how to, is like, I don't know how this com came about from that, but really like lack of self-esteem was a, a really, you know, powerful component to my personality. And I had to learn how to build on that self-esteem without being arrogant. And, and, you know, we, we, we spend so much time finding faults in ourselves and, one of the things that I, I learned in, in 12 step program, there's a step about, you know, finding your character defects and the way I work it and the way that I talk about it is once you find those character defects about yourself, um, I have a whole list of character assets that I have or that I aspire to. And I don't even think about the character defects anymore. I go ahead and like, look at all the character assets and I try and become a better person. And my goal is to live by those character assets, assets and build those things. So instead of running around in my brain and telling myself I'm a loser, or I'm not, or I'm not cool enough to like, or I have to hang out with all those people. And, you know, I try and build my own self-confidence and my own 
character asset than my own ability to approach with people and be around people without needing substances. And, and even that again, helps with your mental health. And so Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're like really working on those character assets, you become more confident in who you are as a person. And as you're more confident, you're more able to be in those situations and not feel like an outsider or depressed or whatever, because you're more confident in your own skin. And it's easy for me to say that. It took me a long time to learn that. But if I could, you know, hand that to each and every person listening of like really working on those character assets that you have as a person and all those amazing things about you and not worry about the stuff that's not so great because that'll fall away if you're doing all the positive stuff. And it's the same with the food and the diet. If you're eating good, you're not going to like crave the bad stuff as much anymore. If you're cognitively thinking positively, you're going to build neuro pathways that are positive and you're going to become a more positive person. Yeah. I mean, focusing on what you're gaining from not doing all of that stuff instead of what you're losing. And I think when we give up anything, it's so easy to focus on, oh, what am I going to do without that? But you gain so much. There's so much more to fill that space. And I think that's really powerful. Focusing on the, on the positive across all these spectrums that we've talked about, you know, food, diet, nutrition, uh, you know, cognitive, all of it, focusing on the positive in itself is probably the biggest key. Yeah, that's great. So as we close, um, anything else you want to add or how can people find you? All that jazz. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you can follow along. My personal... um, my personal stuff is at Rinda, uh, just the at sign and Rinda, R-Y-N-D-A, um, including, and my website is at Rinda as well, A-T-R-Y-N-D-A. If you want to see some of the artists and other crazy stuff I've done just for the heck of it, um, so you get a better sense. Um, and also there, like if I'm doing any talks or anything, you know, I, I'm doing something on mental health nutrition for vegans coming up, or if I'm on other podcasts or your podcasts will be up there. If you want to learn more about the brand and very every day, my wellness brand, it's VRY every day, um, or VRY every day on all the socials. And you can follow along there. Um, you can always message me if you have, you know, more detailed questions. Um, I, you know, I don't do one-on-one coaching, but if someone messages me and says like, hey, this is what's going on, I can guide them a little bit without, you know, or, or give them some information to give to their doctor or health coach to sort of, you know, help them, help them along their journey. And um, yeah, that's it. I'm just, I'm really, I'm thankful for you, for meeting you. And for having, you know, spent some time with you here in, in Joshua Tree and um, for what you do and how you, how you help people. And I, I really think that, you know, that's um, a beautiful, beautiful thing that you do. And, I, and thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Happy to have you. Happy to have your wisdom and inspiration. So thank you very much. So, yes, I highly suggest following Rinda and Very Everyday on the social medias. And please reach out to her and give her products a try. She even has a discount code of 10% off 
for Simple Self-Care listeners, that is you, just enter in Simple Self-Care, all one word, at checkout. And if you are really struggling, please know that you're not alone and that there is wonderful help out there. There are people that love you and want to support you in coming back to yourself. There are trained professionals that can offer you all sorts of amazing tools. And Rinda and I are both proof of the power of getting the right kind of help for you, no matter what it looks like. And I'm not a professional counselor or therapist, but I do work one-on-one with people on implementing healing self-care practices into their daily life. And a handful of my clients work with me along with whatever therapy they're in. Sometimes it's hard to know what to do with all that you uncover and learn in therapy, and it can be helpful to have some support while you're implementing it and figuring out how to do it in doable ways. So that's where I come in. I work with you for a whole month to figure out the right self-care for you and your current situation. We have weekly accountability calls. I'll even make a personalized yoga video or journaling prompt, exercises, whatever you need to help you along. And I care about helping you so much that I am offering a $100 discount if you mention this podcast episode. We are all in this together, and I would love to do my part and share all that I've learned personally and professionally with you. So please reach out, mention this episode, I've never offered that big of a discount before, but I want to be there if I can. So let me know. Also, I'm just getting back into the swing of things with my free online Facebook community. So search the Simple Self-Care Circle and ask to join and we can be in community there as well. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Randy Kay, a holistic wellness practitioner and educator. Through my online resources and one-on-one mentoring programs, I teach women holistic ways to tune into their inner wisdom and establish healing seasonal practices so they can know how to heal their own pain and feel healthy and at home from the inside out. And until we meet again, take good care and enjoy the journey.